welcome everybody to another episode of the Give and Go Show, hosted by your three favorite people, Griffin Queen, Matt Ferentinos, Matt Modai, here to talk to you about the NBA as well as some nerd talk. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast, share with your friends so we can help grow, and then of course, give us that five-star rating as well. Hope you enjoy. It's Wednesday, so you know what that means. Give and Go Show, back in your life. We were off last week because it was the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, Matt Modai is not going to be here this week. My name is Griffin Queen, joined with by Matt Ferentinos. Modai is at a Nuggets game, I want to say. So he is doing something so much better than recording this podcast. Uh, as always, we're joined by super producer Elliot Shiatani. Before we get going, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you click the like button. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you comment below anything that you want us to talk about on this or a future episode. Um, if you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any other podcast platform, make sure you follow, make sure you rate and review, make sure you tell your friends about us, and make sure you're tuning in every single week because we release these, we record Wednesday nights, so we release them soft Thursday morning, we'll say. Usually they're <laughs> out by Thursday morning, sometimes they're out by Friday morning. It can it can differ a little bit. Uh, Farentinos, good to see you. How you doing? Good to see you too, GQ. Hope you had a good uh, turkey day. I did. I did. Um, I had a non-traditional turkey day, we'll call it. Uh, Julia and I went, we've done this two years in a row now. We go up to Burbank, which is like an hour, hour 15 away from where we live. And we mm. do a uh, seafood four-course feast at, at this brunch place that like kind of overlooks uh, LA. So it's it's good times. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's not turkey. It's, in my opinion, many times better than turkey. But I hope you had a good turkey day as well. What'd you, what'd, what'd you get into? Uh, just turkey, stuffing, gravy, some mashed potatoes, mac and cheese, and then about the same thing again at 8 p.m. and then 11 p.m. Fantastic. Love that for you. Uh, any any major leftovers after the fact, or did you crush everything uh, going into, into the weekend? Also had everything, but just with a bagel from New Jersey the next morning. So, oh, you know. <laughs> God, that sounds amazing. I miss East Coast bagels, dude. That is one of the worst parts about being on the West Coast. I love it out here, but the barbecue is trash and the bagels are trash. They're just not good. Uh, I'd trade it for the burritos, though, and the weather. All right, let's we can we can make that trade. You come out here and you bring me some East Coast bagels, and I will let you eat all of the burritos you would like. Uh, let's get into basketball stuff. If you want to bounce to any nerd shit, you know we certainly can. I don't really have a ton of nerd stuff to talk about right now. Maybe next week when Modi is back, we'll uh, wrap up the first half of the second season of Invincible. We'll talk about that one a little bit. I don't know if Modi is an Invincible guy, but I know Elliot is, so we'll we'll get him on the pod for that one today. We are talking about the in-season tournament. We're talking about the uh, quarterfinal round now that all eight teams are set. We're also going to talk about Steph Curry and the Warriors a little bit, a team that is not in the in-season tournament because of the way that their game against the Kings went last night. They made sure that not only did they blow their chance for the in-season tournament, but they also lost to the Kings down the stretch. Before we talk about that, though, I want to talk about the in-season tournament. Uh, we've got out of the West, the number one seed Lakers taking on the four seed Suns, the two seed Kings taking on the three seed Pelicans, and then in the East we've got the Bucks taking on the Knicks. That's the one and four, and the two and three is the Pacers and the Celtics. Mm -hmm. 
Let's start in the West. Let's start with my Lakers. Thoughts on this matchup, and who's your pick to come out of this one? I mean, Lakers are red hot, 4-0 in the end-season tournament with the best point differential. So things are pointing towards the Lakers, but they are running into the red-hot Suns right now that have just won seven straight games. Um, Kevin Durant is personally on a tear in the in-season tournament in three games. I believe he's averaging uh, 35.7 points per game. So he's been killing it. Devin Booker had a 40-point game, I know, and he's been insane too. I I think the Lakers have matched up well with the Suns, as we saw earlier in the season with their wins against them. So I think the Lakers, um, you know, I think they have a shot to win this one, but I'm going to have to pick the Suns, despite them being down seven right now to the Raptors. I felt like it was so clear <laughs> that you were going for the Lakers. And then you're doing the same thing that I did during the over-under pick for the Lakers. You then went in the other direction and you took the Suns. That's incredible how this keeps happening with the same team. I want you to gas up the Lakers. We gotta have I'm not little, going uh, to. I'm taking the Suns. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, my look, jersey. yeah, you should have worn the Suns jersey. I should have worn – I mean, I'm wearing – right now the Lakers are playing the Pistons, and I'm wearing the Lakers-Pistons hat uh, for a series that they did not win. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, what you said, like the Suns are hot right now. Yes, they are losing to the Raptors at halftime. Thank you for that one, uh, Super Producer Elliot Chitani. But the Lakers are missing all of their wing depth. They're missing Rui. They're missing Cam. They're missing uh, Vando. And they're missing someone else that I'm going to blank on right now. But they're, they're missing uh, three or four different guys on the wing. I don't see them being able to contain this Suns team without any of their best defenders outside of Anthony Davis. You know, those first two games, this could be their third game against the Suns, and we're only about a month into the season. Those first two games, the Suns were missing people. And Booker and KD have been combining to put up just absolutely absurd games over the past couple weeks. They want this win badly over the Lakers. They want to knock them out of the in-season tournament. They want to get one back for the two losses that they've already got. I hate to say it, but I'm taking the Suns in this one. It's weird. The uh, the Suns had some early like losses to the Spurs, who are now 3-14. and 14. Two of their wins were against Kevin Durant and the Suns, which is just weird to look back on to see how the season has kind of progressed. Um, everything in a small sample size. I was worried about my uh, San Antonio over-under when I picked the under. Not too worried right now. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm with you, man. The Suns look really good. Uh, we, all took, we all took the Spurs under, didn't we? I think we did. I think we all did, yeah. Yeah, um, that was one that, that was we were pretty, pretty united on. Yeah, I mean, look, that, hap- that happened last year, too, if you remember. The Spurs came out firing, and they were like 6-2 and two or something like that mm. to start the season. And then they won 20 games. Like they they get off to a roll, they look good, they have good players, but they just don't have this particularly cohesive roster, and they're like trying to just experiment with a million different things. They're not trying to win games. I'm not worried about the Spurs. Um, but yeah, in this one, I gotta take gotta take the Suns. One positive aspect to this is that this is gonna be like the third time in a really short period or at least second time in a really short period where we're going to get to see Kevin Durant and LeBron James match up together again after not seeing it for like four straight years. We're seeing it multiple times in a few weeks. We don't have a lot of time left with these guys. I'm excited to see it. It's kind of a bummer that there's not going to be a LeBron Steph matchup 
in the in-season tournament. But at the same time, I'm not upset that the Warriors didn't make it. Oof. Yeah, the Spurs are 10 and 20 and then finished 12 and 40. That's quite that's not quite a run. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty bad. That's like the inverse of how the Lakers did last season. Uh, but I don't need to talk about the Lakers anymore. Let's move on to the next two teams. We've got the two seed Kings who just punched their tickets to the two seed last night against the three seed Pelicans. Give me your thoughts on this one. This is a fun one. Malik Monk called game, baby. He was killing it. Um, that, was, that was fun. That was another just really exciting game. Kings Warriors. Um, Draymond Green up to his antics with his crown uh, on the bench. Um, the the flop that he had was insane where he was just lying down and Steve Kerr was yelling at him to get up. Um, Clay Thompson's been really off. I know you're going to bring up some uh, stats about Steph Curry and just how he hasn't really looked. He's starting to look mortal. I mean, as like an undersized superstar, I think it is kind of insane, the longevity and the type of dominance that he's had, because typically as you get older and your physical attributes, like your speed and agility, if those things go, it doesn't always help aging superstars kind of stay on top. So just as we're seeing those declines, Andrew Wiggins has been pretty bad for the Warriors. Um, they just haven't really gotten the most out of their role players to really, I mean, at the start of the season, I thought, here we go again, Chris Paul into this lineup trio kind of getting back to normal. They still could go on a little run that gets people a little more convinced, but I kind of feel like where they are now, more like a play in team, it's kind of where they're going to be and end up. Um, but we're not talking about the Warriors right now. We're going to talk about we're not. We are not talking about the Warriors. I know you uh, want to talk about the Warriors. <laughs> I want to talk about the Warriors too. I want to step on their graves, but we're not there yet. We're talking about the Kings and the Pelicans. I understand how you got sidetracked. No, the Kings got two guys in Darren Fox, who's just coming back from injury, who's been lighting it on fire, but also Sabonis as well. He's averaging, uh, well, Darren Fox in his three games played is averaging 36 points per game. He's a bona fide superstar. Another player that he was teamed up with, Tyrese Halliburton for the Pacers, also killing it right now. Um, it's like, wow, it's like kind of like almost the Thunder. It's like the Kings had all those dudes on their team at like one time. Um, but just Sabonis, Darren Fox playing like a superstar. Um, they're getting the most out of their scores like Malik Monk. I think they're a really fun team. Um, this is going to be an interesting matchup. Um, I don't know. I, I like the Kings, the Pelicans. They've been getting some good play out of their rookies. Um, one rookie is a really fast Jordan Hawkins. I know he's moving up the NBA.com rookie ladder. Um, they've been getting some good minutes from him. Um, I don't know. I think the Pelicans have like interesting things about what they're going to do with their lineups right now. Um, I was listening to a little Zach Lowe about McCullough maybe coming off the bench because they're still, you know, kind of clunky right now, but as far as the in-season tournament, I think that the Kings-Pelicans is a really good matchup. I could see both of these teams coming out on top. We could could get one of those uh, first quarter, like 30-point games from Brandon Ingram where he doesn't make a shot for the rest of the game. Um, but I'm going to take the Kings. Enough of me rambling here. I mean, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take the Kings. I am going to disagree with something you said at the beginning of all of that. You said that Kings-Warriors yes. was a fun, exciting game. And I just I could not disagree with you more. I thought that was one of the worst <laughs> games I've ever watched until maybe 180 to 210 seconds left in the fourth quarter. 
when it became the most exciting thing that I've ever seen because the King's <laughs> comeback was just so fucking lit and the Draymond Green failures were so hilarious to see. Um, they combined, I think, I, I might be off by a little bit. I think they combined for 72 free throws last night. And honestly, the Kings would have run away with that game if they had even hit a reasonable number of their free throws. I think they shot like 40 or 42 of them. They made like 25 or 30 of them. That is a oh, bad yeah. night from the charity stripe. Uh, it should not have been as close of a game as it was. Uh, another point that you made, all the guys that used to be on the Kings, I didn't realize this. Not not the Kings. You said you compared them to the Thunder, right? You said the Kings are just like yeah. the Thunder where you talk about all these guys that were on them. I had forgotten that the Thunder drafted Shangun a few years ago, who is the oh, best yeah. player on the Houston Rockets. They <laughs> traded, they then traded him for two first round picks in the future. But can you fucking imagine Shangun on this team too? Like, I know there's a point where you have too many good players and nobody plays, but the best player on the Rockets right now wasn't even drafted by the Rockets and he's still on his rookie deal. So, you know, the Thunder are kicking themselves a little bit on that one. But much like we're not talking about the Warriors, we're not talking about the Thunder. I'm sticking with you. I'm taking the Kings. I don't really trust the Pelicans right now. You know, CJ McCollum's still having the long issues. I know he's questionable. I think he's day-to-day at this point. Um, he might be back in the next few days to play uh, against the Kings. But it's going to take him time, some time to ramp up. Zion has not looked particularly great this season. Um I mean, like he looks, his numbers look good, but I think like as a player, he just has not, he doesn't have the bounce that he had. He just generally doesn't look like who I want to see or what I want to see out of Zion. Brandon Ingram always looks great, but Brandon Ingram is not going to be enough to beat this Kings team that just is constantly going downhill and is just force feeding teams points all the time. I mean, Mike Brown just coaches them so well. I saw a clip of him just like, really getting into the players and holding them accountable. And I just feel like something like the in-season tournament, like the Kings are going to want to win this. I think they're going to want it more. Yeah. Like yeah. I think after, after last year's playoff, not failure, but, but early playoff exit, I think they want to, pr- and people were saying at the beginning of this year, the Kings were regressing. And for a few games, they looked like they were not as good as last year. And I started doing a little bit of a victory lap because I said the Kings were going to regress. Right now, they look like a fucking wagon. They want to look like a wagon. They want to be a top four seed going into the playoffs so they can get home court advantage. I'm rocking with the Kings in this one. Uh, and so for the West Coast or the the, the Western teams, oh, yeah. we're going Suns and Kings to meet in the semifinals. And uh, next week, we can we can give our predictions for that one. I say Kevin Meekins might be able to get an in-season tournament banner for his Sacramento Kings. Yeah, yeah, Meeks, Meeks, uh, a Kings guy, a, a make-believe Kings guy, and and Jack Schwinn, another good friend of ours, a make-believe yeah. Stuns guy. I actually vividly remember. I'm pretty sure, and this is to get in the weeds a little bit. We all got drunk one night. This is me. This is me telling a story. We got drunk one night and we put on 2K, and we had a CPU team play a CPU team, and I think it was Suns Kings. And that night, Jack was a Kings fan because we were, we like, I think we bet money against the girls <laughs> that the Kings were going to win. And the girls took the Suns. The Kings ended up winning. Jack and I have never been more excited for an actual real NBA game than we were for this CPU driven 2K game. Um, but I think that was the start of his love affair with, with one of those teams. And, and Meekins loves to pretend to be a Kings guy. So it is a fun matchup. I'm looking forward to it. 
Let's move over to the East. We've got the Bucks and the Knicks. I will start on this one. I'm not going to overcomplicate it. You know, I think the Bucks have been sneaky bad, but they're still like the second best team in basketball right now. So I'm just yeah. gonna take them. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make this more than what it is. Like the Knicks are good. I'm not gonna say they're not good, but the Bucks are better than them. Like they they are, and they might lose this game, but they're still gonna be better than them. So I'm gonna take them. I'm not I'm not gonna pick the lesser team to win this matchup. And this is why you got Damian Lillard, right? Like for these big yeah. games, for these big moments. And I I don't know. There's like. I feel like there is something obviously all these teams want it but i feel like it would make a statement for the bucks to come out and win the in-season tournament after getting game i think that uh Giannis just as a competitor really wants this one and i do feel like the bucks have kind of owned the knicks lately so i feel like they have that edge for them um similar to football where it seems like uh the cowboys can't beat the niners or the eagles there's that big brother mentality um so i i do like the bucks for uh for this one here um and yeah i was listening to just interesting on zach Lowe about how few uh how many times that dame and Giannis actually run their pick and roll and it is so much less than he runs it with anybody else on the team we did see it a lot opening night against the 76ers i wonder if in these important games we're going to see a lot more of the dame Giannis pick and roll so if they especially pull that out like i think bucks would be heavy favorites in this one so i'm also with you i'm taking the bucks it's funny you say that because I saw a stat uh, a day or two ago about the the Anthony Davis LeBron James pick and roll. They've only mm-hmm. run that like six times so far this season, and everyone is like, "Why? Why are they not running that?" Like because you save stuff like that for big games. Like mm-hmm. if you, it's almost unbeatable when they're actually running it to like prime efficiency the way the two of them can. Much like a pick and roll with a good shooter and and uh, Giannis is going to go. So there's really no need to use it in the regular season and give guys looks against it when you're going to run it in the playoffs over and over and over again, and you're going to just put points on the board doing it that way. Like You don't want people to see ways to outwork that strategy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Just like what the other players around the floor are doing. You want to know what they're, what they're up to and how to counter it on defense. No, yeah, that is exactly. a good point. Um, Elliot, before we move on to this last one, I want you to let us know in the chat and we'll, we'll say it at the end of all this, uh, your four picks for the quarterfinals as well, so that we can, we can get these in here as well. Uh, and you don't have to have any long, uh, explanation for any of them. I just want to know who the four teams you are that you're picking. Let's move on to the final matchup of the quarterfinals. We've got the dynamo offense of the Indiana Pacers against the well-balanced, almost perfection, like the virtuoso that is the Celtics right now. The Pacers are the higher seed. They're the two seed. The Celtics are the three seed. The Celtics almost did not even make it into the tournament, but because of the Nets win last night, the Celtics ended up, there was a bunch of teams that were three and one, and I think they had the best point differentials of the three of them. Um, I say to be fair, it's also the Bulls are losing by like 24 points. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, they they were were (laughs) able to run it up on the Bulls team where things were not going great for them. I think Zach Levine had like four <laughs> points. He had a really bad night. Um, I think he was like two of two of nine on shooting or something like that. Just really terrible. The vibes are off in Chicago. But let's start with this one. Pacers, Celtics, who are you taking? 
Uh, my heart says Indiana, but my head says Boston, just because of the reasons you said, like Indiana has the perfect offense, but I feel like Boston is kind of has like the perfect ideal team. Um, you have Tatum and, uh, Tatum and Brown just as literally two of the top forwards in the league playing lights out. Porzingis picked up where he left, uh, left off in Washington last year, which if you look at Washington this year, you realize that they did really need him on their team for even the wins that Washington had last season. He was great last year. Wow. He was really, really good. He was our best player, yeah. like undoubtedly. Yeah. And I was saying that all last year, and people were like, he's going to get injured. He played like 70 games. Like, what are we – like, come on. Give the man his flowers. Um, And, yeah – Everything is just clicking on all cylinders. Holiday has like been everything and more to that defense. Um, and I mean, it is an offensive game. I think you're going to lean offense, like if it comes to the two of them. But the Celtics can also outshoot any team. So I think it's going to be high scoring. But I'm going to take the Celtics on this one. Yeah, the, you, 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 the game does lean offense. I'm going to go in the other direction purely for that reason. I absolutely think the Celtics are the better team, and in a best of seven series. I would take the Celtics nine out of 10 times, but there is something about this Pacers offense that is just so in your face and so constant and so exhausting that if the Celtics try and shoot with them, instead of getting inside and slowing the game down and turning it into a grit and grind battle, if they try and shoot with these Pacers, I think the Pacers are going to win like 140 to 132 or something like that. <laughs> I don't think there's anyone that can shoot with them right now. Like when Halliburton is going and when Miles Turner is going and when Buddy Heald is going, like when they're just all firing, it is a sight to behold. And it, I mean, like if you like defense, you're not going to get a lot of it. And, and I, like, I do like defense. Like it's kind of a bummer that this Pacers team has such an obvious ceiling on where they can go because they straight up just don't play defense. And we know that that doesn't work come playoff time, but in a single elimination tournament where all you've got to do is put up an absurd number of points for one night to move on. I'm taking the Pacers, man. Like I want to see them move on. I want to see if they can do it against the bucks. I want to see if they can do it against somebody in the West. Like I just want to see how far this Pacers plane can fly. But I, I, I think that they, I don't know. Uh, Elliot's letting us know in the chat the Pacers are averaging 127.6 per game. The 73 win Warriors averaged 115. The 73 win Warriors, A, it's like the pace has changed in the past eight years. B, yeah. weren't they like the best defense in the league? Like, yeah, they were an incredible <laughs> offense, but I think they were also like a top three defense. Yeah. Which that's things, incredible. Things, things have that... changed when the Warriors are doing what the Warriors are doing, we're like, okay, other teams are going to start to do this. And now I feel like who are the teams that are not doing that now who are just firing off threes? Like every team is emphasizing the three ball. It's kind of insane that we are now witnessing and talking about the league that changed as a result of those 2015 to like late 2000s Warriors teams. Elliot says bottom yeah, half defense crazy. that year. Were they one of the top three like playoff defenses then or something? I just remember their net rating like combined being something absurd. Maybe it was just based on their starting unit plus Iggy or something like that. Um, it was a long time ago at this point. To your point about things changing, though, Ferentinos, I was actually uh, in a Reddit discussion a few days ago where 
I was, I was, it was in the Lakers subreddit, and we were talking about mm. how Darvin Ham, the Lakers coach, follows the same defensive principles that uh, Budenholzer with the Bucks followed, where he's basically like, stay home and and don't worry about three point shooters, let guys shoot. And somebody's point was, <laughs> well, that worked because in 2021 the Bucks won a title, and it's like, sure, but they needed a one of the best players of all time in his prime, in addition to like multiple defensive player of the year candidate defenders to make that work. And it still almost didn't work. And the Lakers don't have the shooters to punish that kind of strategy because in 2018, 2019 guys were shooting 25, 26 threes per game. Now they're shooting 35 threes per game. If anybody shoots 35% from three, you're putting 60 points on the board easy just from threes. You can't that that defense doesn't work anymore. Um, so I understand why everybody went in the direction of the Warriors personally, and then we can talk about this at a later time. I think it's boring. I don't like it very much, but I understand why everyone does it. <clears throat> Did you uh, just because we're talking defense? I uh, I think we got our our picks for the in season tournament, who we talked about, but. Um, did you hear about like the Rudy Gobert darkness retreat? And that's what led to like the Timberwolves kind of creating the defense that they have now. No, did Rudy Gobert do a darkness <laughs> retreat and like rethink uh, modern defense? <laughs> Just like uh, Aaron Rodgers, Rudy Gobert had a little darkness retreat in the off season for five days. And apparently all he did was think about defense and that's why the Wolves are dominating in defense as they are now. Interesting. I'd love if he would think about offense. I would love <laughs> if Rudy Gobert would go to a darkness retreat and think about offense. But uh, maybe that's, that's awesome. That's an needs. awesome story. <laughs> um, but just you're seeing the style where you have all the big men. They're switching a lot more and moving around and playing man instead of doing the drop defense that they were last year with Gobert. So instead mm. of mixing philosophies, they're kind of sticking with the – big man on the perimeter, big men running around the perimeter, asking guys like that to do more. And the wolves are actually thriving and doing it. Um, you know, who's, I'm sure you know who's thriving? Carl Anthony, Anthony Towns. Oh, Carl yeah. Anthony Towns yeah. for the first time in his career looks like a good, maybe even great defender. So their, their change in defense. And I think, they haven't talked about it a lot, but there's been buzz about this, that Rudy may have been injured last year. And obviously cat mm -hmm. was injured for all but 29 games of the year. So like there was no time to really build any sort of cohesiveness between them, but they look like a completely different team than the one that we saw last year. And the one that we saw last year wasn't bad. They just weren't very good. They were, they were on the upper end of average and then they looked good in the playoffs for the brief time that they were there. I mean, the expectation that we have for these teams to automatically come in and kill it, it's kind of crazy, too. The Heatles did not – yeah, they went to the uh, finals their first year, but, like, they didn't win at all. And our expectation was that they would destroy absolutely everybody they played. <clears throat> and that was maybe the greatest super team ever put together. And now we're just talking about, like, a superstar pairing and how that, like, impacts the team. Like, I feel like – having that time to build chemistry really is important. And I mean, yeah, just look at the Wolves this year. I mean, people people refuse to acknowledge it. And I do wish Modai was on this episode because I know he's got a lot of complaints about the guy. Rudy Gobert is a defensive superstar. I know he is not a superstar in the way that we traditionally think about a superstar, a guy who can go out and get you 30 and seven every single game. But 
he is a defensive system in and of himself. He is a Dwight Howard. He is a uh, Ben Wallace. He is a Draymond Green where he's not a Jaron Jackson Jr., a guy who can win defensive player of the year because he's got really gaudy stats, but he needs a lot of good defenders around him to make it work. Rudy Gobert has taken a lot of bad defensive teams with bad defensive players and made them top six defenses. That's incredible. No one else does shit like that outside of maybe Draymond Green. And Draymond Green does it in a very different way than Rudy Gobert. I fucking love the season that Rudy's having. I love the season the Wolves are having. I wish they were in the tournament. Uh, I think they were also yeah. three and one. So it was another point differential uh, reason for missing out. But they're a nasty team, and uh, I hope they keep it up. I know that that's unrelated to the in-season tournament, but I am here for the Wolves' dominance. <laughs> uh, before we move on to the Warriors, the DM, he had Lakers, Kings, Bucks, and Pacers. Nothing wild is what he said. I think <laughs> Pacers over Celtics is a little little wild. Dang, I thought uh, Don't Care was going to win out this time. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't care is his his preferred option. It's funny that as you said that he literally put they care more. Um, so that's weird weird timing. But uh, let's move on to the Warriors. We're just gonna talk about them for a minute, and then we're gonna get out of here. We don't need to have a long episode today. Um, basketball has been dope, but we're missing Modi, and I think we're all kind of busy with the holidays. Uh, the Warriors look like dog shit. Let's call it what it is. Steph Curry. Maybe just the name of the segment, a recurring segment. I would love that. I would Warriors so, look like dog so shit. Is, 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 is it going to be the Warriors look like dog shit or this team looks like dog shit? I think we that's should do that. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> I mean, we could expand on it, but we could just like bring in a Warriors reference every time we do the bit. How many how many weeks are in an NBA season? Like 30 some maybe? How many so. weeks do you it's think we could fill with year. just the Wizards? We could probably do like 26 <laughs> weeks of Wizards. Just Jordan Poole highlights, I think we could do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Did you see God, the one my life sucks. where he uh, he got a defender to, like, fake and go on the ground, and he, like, stares down a layup, goes to do the layup, and still gets blocked. Like, he's just a shacked and a fool highlight. Yeah, machine. yeah. He Well, <laughs> did he try and lay it up, or did he try and, like, finger no, he was, like, it taunting, from, like, like kind he, of far away? Like, yeah. It was weird. Like, he looked looking, like a weird shot, the and then he like, yeah, <laughs> left not it up great, in the Jordan air. Poole. Not great, not great. Didn't love it. Uh, he had a really good game a few nights ago, but they ended up losing a close one to the Bucks. So no one's gonna care. I think he had like thirty and five or something like that. Um, not that it was efficient, but you know, I'll 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 take what I can get. Yeah, the Warriors don't look good. Clay looks cooked. Draymond continues to have these emotional outbursts. Steph Curry. Uh, Elliot mentioned this to us before we got going. He's shooting really well. Like his shooting is still incredible. His shooting has not regressed at all, which is, I think the thing that most people expected to start regressing in his mid thirties, just because he requires separation for a lot of the things he's doing, but his assist to turnover ratio is the worst of his career by far right now. He's averaging uh 4.1 assists and 3.8 turnovers. That's like, Ooh. You're only slightly averaging more assists than turnovers. That's that's Jordan Poole numbers. That's crazy. Thoughts? You know, I, I I gotta watch him more. If I wonder if is he just doing more off ball and not creating as much since Chris Paul came on the team? Like 
I feel like when he was doing the emphasis on actually creating the offense instead of just being the guy that kind of runs around and never stops moving, he was getting plays. I wonder if it's just the Warriors as a unit aren't as cohesive as they were too because I feel like a lot of their assists were hockey assists where even if Steph isn't the one to directly create it, like he'll get a pass off a give and go and then hit someone cutting in the middle that will then get an easy bucket. Like I feel like they just – <laughs> nice give and we go. We need to sound, uh, yeah. I love, I love what we say. Give and go it. on the pod. It makes me so happy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's that that's a good point. You know, there's a lot of hockey assists that he's had previous years. Chris Paul is definitely taking away from some of the point guard responsibilities when they're on the court together. You know, Draymond Green has always kind of brought, not always, but in a lot of situations, has brought the ball up. And then it's kind of been the two of them working in tandem. So their assist numbers, just as a unit, have never been as good as they could have been as individuals. But a lot of it is, you know, Wiggins isn't making his shots. Clay Thompson's not making his shots. Draymond's not making his shots. Looney uh, is playing, you know, relatively well. But basically, there's not a ton that you can do with him outside of just feed him the ball inside. And then Steph's not protecting the ball. I mean, that's always been a complaint about Steph going back to him throwing the ball away in the finals to essentially lose the game uh, in yeah. game seven. He doesn't protect the ball, and he's always made up for that by having you know seven or eight assists in addition to just the crazy shooting numbers that he has. This year, the assist numbers are down, and it's just it's it's not making up for it. Like he's losing games with how much he's not protecting the ball. So just a random thought, we could do another bit. Teams where Shangun would be awesome on. Wouldn't he be so awesome on the Warriors? Like he'd be incredible. Like on so them. Yeah, places, he'd, he'd be a he'd be a Draymond replacement. Yeah, yeah like or, I, I just or a Saric like... replacement. He he is literally the best idea of what like Saric, <laughs> what the Sixers thought Saric was gonna be when he was like a rookie. It was like this kind of like combo forward that could do a little bit of everything, but was a really good passer. And then Sarge never really got that much better, whereas Shingun is looking like he's on the Jokic or Sabonis path a little bit where he's getting significantly better every single year. Um, yeah, Shingun would be incredible on this Warriors team, so I'm really glad he's not on it. <laughs> good, good thing there's not a lot of Thunder to Warriors trades. Be yeah, trouble. I don't I don't ever see that happening. I don't think the Thunder ever are going to want to trade with the Warriors unless they're getting a lot of picks out of it. I think there's uh <coughs> excuse me. I think there's a little bit too much bad blood there after the Kevin Durant stuff, so, you know, doesn't 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 upset me that they're uh, not giving up any of their prized picks or players to the Warriors. All right, so just to end this uh end this Warriors bit, they're not looking great. They're 8 and 10 right now. Now, which is the 10 seed in the West. Where do you see them finishing out at the end of the season? Um, let me look at the standings overall real quick. So they're 8 and 10. They've got the Clippers, the Jazz, the Trailblazers, the Grizzlies, and the Spurs behind them. I think they're likely going to finish in the 8 to 10 range. I think your top four teams, you're probably going to be, you know, Minnesota, Denver, maybe Phoenix. Dallas, I'm really not crazy confident in, but I think OKC will probably be up there. The Kings will be up there. Lakers are probably going to be like a five or six. Houston looks nasty. They're probably going to be in a five or six to seven, eight range. 
It's um, crazy. A lot of it is likely going to come down to do the Pelicans stay healthy and do the Clippers figure it out. If those two things happen, the Warriors are probably a play-in team. Like they're on the, the outside of the play and they're a nine or ten. If the Pelicans get hurt and the Clippers do not figure it out, the Warriors are probably a seven or an eight. So a lot is going to be based on not even so much how well the Warriors do. It's going to be how much how well do the two teams in front of them do. I don't think the Warriors are going to make a lot of noise, though. I just don't think they have it this year. I think we, you know, we may have shoveled dirt on their grave a little bit too early in 2021, considering what they did in 2022. But I think I think we're getting to that point. Steph Curry's 35. Klay Thompson looks like a shell of himself. Draymond Green has made the entire league mad, and he is visibly regressing physically. I, I think this is it. I don't think they've got anything else they can pull yeah. off at this point. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, in like a best of seven series, <clears throat> I would take every team, with the exception of like the Pelicans, if they got injuries, I would take the Wolves, Nuggets, Suns, Mavs, Thunder, Kings, Lakers, and Rockets all in a seven-game series right now against the Warriors. Yeah, the only the only one that I would struggle with a little bit of that list is the Rockets because of how young they are. Dylan Brooks, not a young guy. Um, uh, FVV, not a young guy. Like they got vets, and they've got, and I know I shit on him before the season started, but they've got a coach who clearly is not afraid of the moment. So the Warriors, I just don't think have the firepower to get over them. I'd honestly probably take the Clippers over them at this point. Yeah, I think I think the Clippers as like this four headed dragon. Do they look very good right now? No. Are they starting to trend in the right direction? Absolutely. I would take them over the Warriors. I think the Warriors are a ten seed. Honestly, <laughs> they they might figure it out in the regular season. They might end up being a five, six, seven, eight. Maybe they might figure that out because Wiggins is still a young, athletic guy. Looney is still a good player. Steph Curry is still Steph Curry. But I, I just like you said, I don't see them winning a seven game series against anybody in the top eight in the West. Damn, Wiggins is still only 28. Before the show, yeah. we were just Googling players, and I thought they were like 48, maybe 35. Like, this is another shocking one. Like 28, that's young. That's like the prime of your career. Been in the league nine years. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look. Good for him. He he fucking won a ring. No one ever thought he was going to after the way it started. Yeah, DM saying Canadian Jordan. Um, there's better. <laughs> I would think that you've got to have better options than him. I know that. I, th I thought Maple Jordan was his nickname. It wasn't it. Wasn't it Maple Jordan? I think that's what. Well, <clears throat> yeah, because uh, Murray is Maple Curry because yeah, he's got the three. But honestly, I think SGA is going to take over the Canadian Jordan because he's ridiculous. SGA's so the, the Canadian Dwayne Wade. Yeah. I mean, with the Or Canadian Kobe. No one's Canadian he, Kobe, dude. What are we doing here? Honestly, yeah, I think Canadian Kobe, because he can do everything. His passes, like that's the thing. In end of game situations, Thunder go to Chet a lot, but it's all driven through SGA's ability to just like uh Nas Reed, you know that I don't know if it was the bucket that you tweeted yesterday, but he had the isolation on SGA where he <clears throat> hit a bank shot off the, it was like a two point ISO. He hit a bank shot off him. SGA mm -hmm. brings it down the court, 
goes one-on-one and then just immediately hits a um, mid-range jump fadeaway jumper and it just looks so easy like that's right i feel like like, he's that guy that's like all right you just got a bucket on me i'm about to get one right back i will not say a bad word about sga i think he's an incredible player um it's it's great that he and devin booker and anthony edwards are probably all going to be considered top 10 players by the end of this year because they, I mean, they are Devin Booker and SGA probably already are. I think a lot of people have them in the seven through ten range. Anthony Edwards is getting there um, because the the league needs more young guys to be considered in in that caliber of player. I love watching him play. I loved watching Rudy Gobert just sun Chet Holmgren all night last night. Uh, and I I love Chet, and I think Chet's going to win Rookie of the Year. And Chet's a Minnesota guy, so like people were cheering for him in in Minnesota, but. He was definitely Rudy was definitely on his like there's levels to this shit type of game last night. And he was like, All right, man, like I know you're like the new string bean who's gonna change defense, but like <laughs> let me show you that I've been doing this for a while. And he had some big dunks on him. It was it was good stuff. Um yeah, I'm I, I think we need to in the next couple of weeks, we need to have a big talk about about some of the teams that are trending upwards. We gotta talk about the Thunder, we gotta talk about the Timberwolves. Um, magic. We'll probably talk about five. the Pacers, the Magic, the Rockets. Elliot, I'm sorry, we're not going to talk about the Raptors <laughs> because they are just highly mediocre, and I just don't have have the time for it. Elliot, when uh, if we ever do a uh, just just Matt and Elliot podcast, we can talk about the Nets and the Raptors. I realized watching last night, they're the same fucking team. They like have a bunch of. Three and D switch guys. They can only generate. They're offense, long as fuck. Like, yeah, I mean, like that. They, they have a lot of guys that people would want on their teams. They have good ball movement to create shot making because they don't really have a lot of like individual shot creators that they have. They're like lacking it. <laughs> Boring and terrible, but they're both like nine and eight, eight and nine teams. Probably finish around five hundred. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Cannot wait for Cam Thomas to get back. He's been doing scrimmages and practice, so hopefully I'll have that back in my life. Here's what sets the Nets apart from the Raptors. The Nets are not afraid to trade guys when they know that their value is high. (laughs) The Raptors have never been more afraid to trade guys when their value is high, and I know that kills Elliot. And Elliot, you're welcome (laughs) to jump in here if you want to say anything about it. But... Watching Masai just hold, and I, I hate talking about players as assets, which I know we do when we have these discussions, but watching him hold <laughs> on to these guys who are going to reach greater heights on other teams on a roster that just doesn't fit together. I like my team's the worst in basketball, and I'm still <laughs> frustrated for the Raptors watching this happen. You're muted. Let me, okay, let me you're muted. There we oh. go. Yeah, I want I want them to trade Siakam because he's he's not he's not thriving there, and he's like he's like one of my favorite players ever. But I'd rather and you just him want him Siakam. to thrive. You just want your little boy to spread his wings, right? You want him to go be the the Giannis of another team. Yeah, just and he's he's just gonna he's gonna he'll walk for free probably. Yeah, that's that's the other big thing with the Raptors is that if you don't <laughs> trade them, they're gonna go elsewhere and you're gonna get shit in return. And there's not even it's not even like mm-hmm. baseball. Like baseball, Bryce Harper walks from the Nats. You get a conditional pick in the first round. Like you you get a compensation pick to make up for it. In basketball, you have a lotto pick or a guy who's owed 
who's going to get a $250 million contract walk, unless they choose to do a sign and trade like LeBron did when he went to the Heat, you're not getting anything. You're not we getting don't, a we, dime. We don't even own our pick this year. <clears throat> well, I mean, I don't think you're going to be that bad that your pick would be this well, that if, good this if, year. If, you if want we, other people's trade, picks. Yeah. If we traded Siakam, we would be able to tank a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but, but there's just no value in it without your own pick. Who well, has your pick? Spurs, I assume. Can you get it back? Can you trade back for that pick? <laughs> Can you be like, you know who would be really good next to Wemby? Siakam. <laughs> OG. Malachi. Send, send Pirtle back. No, send Pirtle back again. <laughs> Pirtle just keeps going from the southern tip of this of our country to fucking Canada, Canada. constantly. <laughs> that would be hilarious. That would actually be the funniest timeline if if Pirtle ended up our, our, our best friends. So like they gotta they gotta be together. Yeah, yeah. Just just keep moving him around. That's yeah. That's I'm 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 with it. Yeah, just trade the two of them for Wemby. It'll, it's, the, that's what you uh, want, right? Seems fair. Seems fair. Don't the Raptors have the uh, the guy that was in that Adam Sandler movie too? No, I think we caught him. Hernan Hernan <laughs> Gomez or whatever. Maybe, yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure. I think yeah, I don't think he's on a team. Uh, I'm not yeah. gonna look it up because you'll hear me clacking away on my keyboard, but but I don't think he's on a team. He's not that good. I mean, like he's 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 good. He's obviously incredible, but he's NBA not NBA good. good. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't have to preface that every time. I feel like I do because I had to explain recently what the meaning of the phrase the best ability is availability, like at length. And Modi and I still disagree on what that phrase means. I think I think it's I defended it too hard. As as if it was a real thing. And you said it was the the yeah, I mean <laughs> you, you literally put together a list of 15 criteria for a good player and you put yeah, ability be, availability that. before actual ability. <laughs> Which which definitely hurt my argument. Yeah, it's, it's just if crazy that up, like the Raptors, after making noise to get Kawhi, knowing he was a one year rental, just refuses to trade after that. It's like trading your best players got you a ring. Why don't you keep yeah. doing that? I don't know. At least yeah. trying. Why Why would you get away there. from the thing that worked really really well? Honestly, that's how they got Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry yeah. was not drafted by the Raptors. He was on multiple teams, including the Rockets, before he got to there. And he's he was on the a Sixers. Was he drafted by the Sixers. I, I don't. Think so. I don't. Th- I don't think Masai did that. I think. I think that was. Clever. It was. It was prior to his administration. Yeah. But like, he's one of your best players ever, and you did not draft him. So this this need to and I understand. Like, it's. I don't know if it's hard for Masai to dra- to trade guys. I don't know if it's like. You want to keep guys in Toronto to like build a culture. I don't know what it is. He just, but he just overvalues them. Is is he got he got used to like ripping people off. Like he got he he had like three consecutive trades that were just like brutal ripoffs. And then now now everyone's aware that he's going to try to rip you off and like won't trade with him because he's asking he's he's turning down three first round picks for OG. Yeah, which is crazy to me. Like, I'm sorry, that's crazy to me. OG is yeah. really, really good if you're contending. If you're a 500 team, what value does he bring he, you? He does absolutely nothing for us right now. Yeah, and it's tough. And, I, and like again, I if I was a Raptors fan, I would probably be upset to lose these guys that I've loved since they were drafted. 
But at the same time, it's like, if I want to win a title again, if I want to be in the playoffs, if I want to make noise in the playoffs, I got to trade these guys. I got to do it. And I, I'm not Masai. I don't know why when everyone else keeps telling him to zig, he keeps zagging. But, you know, I think if he keeps it up, he's going to lose his job. And, you know, he could have come and been the GM for the Wizards a few years ago. We made him a big offer. I remember that. And he hasn't won shit since we made him that offer. So the Wizards stink is on that, man. (laughs) Hey, Raptors still up uh, six against the Suns right now. Uh, Lakers just beat the Pistons by 26. (laughs) Not not particularly impressive. Pistons real bad. Well, I mean, the Pistons, Monty did say that they had six guys go after a loose ball in practice yesterday, so he wouldn't want to be whoever plays the Pistons next. Uh, You know, I feel pretty good about the fact that, you know who just beat the Pistons? The Wizards. Wizards, yeah. Back-to-back games against the Pistons. My teams have shown them that they are the worst team in the league. Uh, And then my Wizards also just lost to the Magic, so that's not great. Okay, the Magic uh, are good. The Magic are good. Uh, and yeah, if, if anyone's going to beat the Wizards, it should be the fundamental state of Magic, shouldn't it? I wonder when... I, I have tickets to a, a Magic game that we got, and, and my son gets to go high-five a player. I don't know. Oh. I wonder if we can play. Which player are you going to pick? a letter? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I assume it's like at the tunnel and they high-five people. I don't think I get to pick, but I'm, I mean... Oh. I'm, I'm, take I'm take the worse, the the lesser of the two Wagner brothers. That's, take that's Mo Wagner. Gonna, yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna have duck him out in the Michigan apparel. Yeah, um, it'd be like it'd be like taking Robin Lopez instead of Brooke Lopez. Like Brooke Lopez gets enough shine. Let's give Robin his day in the sun. Hey, Mo Wagner's thriving right now. Yeah, because he's on a team with Franz Wagner. I think it might be the Knicks. I feel like it's no, because that's Valentine's Day. I don't know. I know it's in February, so I'm like looking at their schedule. But There's no like, way for us to confirm this for you. So on that note, <laughs> I think it's a good time for us to end the episode. Right, knows, always a pleasure. Elliot, thanks for jumping on video and talking with us a little bit. Uh, we will be back next week. Modai will be back with us as well. I know this is a chaotic episode. Really, truly. I don't think chaos. any of I don't know if any of our hearts were in this outside of talking about the in-season tournament. And that's okay. We'll be back next week with more firm topics. Uh, If you're listening to us, if you're watching us, follow, like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review. Send me money on Venmo. Subscribe to Ferentinos' OnlyFans. Uh, Send me t-shirts in the mail. There's a lot of things you can do. We will be back. Same time, same station. We will see you all next week. Ciao. Thanks again for tuning in. Please make sure to rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends, and have a good one.